happier place to be. I won't cry miracle. Maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry wow. 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 When they started doing this weird hello. People just knew they were coming. There was lots of chatter around them, whatever. And I said, imagine that person's like that on Friday. And then Monday they come in, quiet, demure, sullen, head down, hands in the pocket, not engaging in anything. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Jan Edwards a little bit later about... Uh, Oh, grooming kids and abducting kids and uh, all sort of uh, all sorts of terrible stuff like that, uh, but important. And it, we have some fun in there too. I mean, you know us. We 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 managed to uh, instill a little humor into a humorless subject, and it's not too bad. And it's uh, important to get it out there. I'm sure lots of you guys have kids, so uh, good chat with Jan Edwards. And Graham's still hanging out at his mom's house. Hey, yeah. Too bad she didn't have a basement. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, let's just pretend I'm in her basement. We'll just pretend the guest room's in the basement. Yeah. Coming at you from his mom's basement, Graham podcasting full-time Dunlop. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty dark... Uh, it's not dark, like, and it's not a conspiratorial episode. It's not about, uh, you know, like Pizzagate or these types of things. It's about real uh, online exploitation and sort of... And not. I'm not saying Pizzagate's not real either. I'm just saying that this is kind of more about... Uh, prevention and, and um, education to parents on how to keep their kids out of danger online, which leads to sometimes there's a small percentage that lead to physical or real life uh, exploitation or trafficking. But it's interesting, the definition of human trafficking, I was kind of, I was like, oh, that doesn't seem right, but I guess it makes sense in some ways. Like the trafficking picks and stuff, they throw that in there too, right? It's all under human trafficking. Did you guys have a town diddler in your town? We had a guy we were all supposed to stay away from. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Our hockey from- guy, he was called Middle Hole. We called him Middle Hole. Ours was called Gabby. <laughs> what do you think about that, right? Because all the ki- all the hockey guys, like we knew it. And I think we knew some guys that had like experienced it. And, we- and it's not like any of them, any of us disbelieved the the guys that were maybe like exploited by him. But we just all made fun of the guy. <laughs> like it was like his name was Middle Hole, and we just knew to stay away from him. <laughs> middle Hole. What yeah. is the Middle Hole? I think his last name was Middleborough, maybe or something, or like. But we called him Middle Hole. That was his name. Huh. And he never so, made a move we'll, on you. What? He never made a no, move. No, I on never. You? No, I never really got knew him at all. He's, he's he probably didn't like short kids or something. You know, <laughs> short little huskier little buggers. He's like, nah, I wasn't very husky back then. I don't think. No, you were prime trim. So what? Did, what about your guy? 
how did he how did he get known in the town oh we just see him like wandering around i mean i don't even know if it was true to be honest yeah yeah it could have been just uh kids being kids picking on some old man but maybe not he might have been a total fucking diddler i don't know but uh i didn't have any altercations we used to just be like hanging out at the playground we'd see that motherfucker we'd be like there he is there's that fucking gabby we just stay away from him other than that, I mean, I can't think of anyone else in my hometown that was a real, that was a real troublemaker. You know, there was like a bunch of drunks, but not a lot of diddlers. Or if there was a lot of diddlers, they were gonna do a pretty good job of keeping that shit on that down low. Yeah, and mine was the typical like sort of hockey, the you know the hockey coach trainer uh, scout guy that was involved. Like you know, you hear about this from cases like from Theo Fleury and these professional hockey players that were abused. Um, it's it was that sort of typical situation of somebody getting involved in kids sports. You know, it wasn't. But that I, yeah, I don't remember a lot a lot either. Other than that, oh, yeah. well, maybe so, uh, if you guys had someone in your town that was. Uh was, uh, I guess, a predator, uh, let us know. I don't think we tell you about predators in Canada. I don't think we have like a thing that says where they live or anything or an interactive uh, pedo map. No, but if you're for freedom, then, you know, that's different. Then we'll right? if, you're, if you're for oh, yeah. freedom, then, you know, that's just, we'll just freeze your bank account if you're set up for freedom. <laughs> I mean, and peace, like, wow. <laughs> Motherfuckers. You could run people over and get bailed out of the jail, but if you organize a freedom convoy, then don't expect to get your ass out of jail. It's a good thing you didn't go to Ottawa. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't go to Ottawa. Yeah, I'd probably be in jail. I mean, that would be fun podcasting from jail. I mean, I don't I, think I've they let you podcast from jail, jail I mean, bro. I think you have a very fucking convoluted <laughs> idea of what jail is. Hey, it's, it's like, hey, man, it's, it's podcast polite. night. It's podcast <laughs> night. <laughs> I don't know. You see my calendar? You must have a computer in here somewhere. I can <laughs> Just give me your phone for a minute. <laughs> dun, dun, da, da. Uh, my buddy Sal, he was, he's been in jail a couple times last week. And I'm like, well, it just seems weird. And you know why? They've It's only because they've run his plate and they pull him over and haul him off to jail because they say he's got a fine unpaid. Salvatore. And it's wrong. And, and it's even wrong. And I'm like, what's going on Salvatore? in America there, dude? Like, yeah. Jesus I mean, I hope Christ. he's okay he with me saying this arrested. because he, it's just like, dude, you're in jail again. I remember because Kim you went fucking to... didn't pay it. To, and it's all a mistake. Like they haven't even it's administrative error on their part. And they keep throwing him in jail. I'm like, what's going on? I remember Kim went to jail a few years back because he got like they pulled him over and he had an untrained, unpaid, uh, unpaid yeah. uh, C train ticket for being on the C train without a ticket. For being on the C train without the pass, and that's right? enough to put you in jail here. Yes, yeah, certain ones turn into warrants if you don't pay them. I mean, I got taken to jail for a fucking noise violation. Wow, for an unpaid noise violation. But I mean, Dude, that you was were doing fucking. You, you were 15, doing drugs with the, with the driver of the C train, train, weren't you? And I didn't get caught though. Oh right, right. <laughs> I didn't get caught. Um. <laughs> So, get, I mean, that there. was fucking 15 years ago, though, or, you know, I couldn't imagine getting arrested for any sort of ticket like that now, because if I got a ticket like that, I'll just pay it. 
Anything that's going to turn into a warrant, I'm definitely going to pay right away. Yeah, but how do you know? I mean, I did. I wouldn't think that your noise violation, you'd be arrested for it, or if you didn't. Oh, it would say on the back. I guarantee oh, it? it. Say it says on the back. I mean, you don't necessarily have to pay it. You could fight it, but you have to do one of the two. I guarantee it would say on there. I guarantee it. I mean, the sea train thing isn't like an unknown thing. I got a handful of bodies that have been picked up on this stupid sea train thing. Oh, my God. Because it all happened in that like transition from money period, you know? So the chances of you having like 250 on you were slim and they weren't taking cards at that time. I think now you can like pay with a tap or whatever, but that time you couldn't do that. So, you know, it's two in the morning. You just fucking risk it. Jump on the training because they had to physically catch you. Like Kim well, went on a Friday night and didn't get out till Monday. So, oh my god, he that's came out a different man. Yeah, yeah, Kimberly. Well, I've been grateful to be a podcaster. Just working for my mom's these days has been good. Happy. Weird, weird times out there, though. Very strange. Maybe we should sublet your strange place here. Times. Why don't you just move your mom out here? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to. Maybe keep at her. Yeah. Come on, Mary. This get out here so, to Alberta. It's just so there's everything's with walking distance and all that. Now that we live outside of the city, it's a bit harder, but everything's within walking distance from there. But I'll tell you, it's from not your place. It's, it's I mean, you're just uh, you down know, the road from all that that one place, and then and then the. I mean, honestly, too, for your mom, everything's walking distance. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Not for yeah. like our lazy asses, but for your mom. I don't know yeah, how much your true. mom walk, walks, but usually those older ladies seem to really fucking dig in. Yeah. Anyway. So I got, anyways, yeah, I just feel grateful, you know, for what we do and our all the people that uh, listen to the show really appreciate it. Support I mean, the show, got, you sons of bitches. Oh, let's, before we forget, let's talk about our contact at the cabin, I think, uh, but also you want to talk about, uh, Rand, Randall has an event, I think, coming up that we want to talk about. Well, I talked to, uh, I talked to the lady in Duck Creek. She actually texted me last week. And Duck Creek. To, okay, this is for Utah, right? Utah. Utah trip coming up at the end of April, right? Yeah, it could be the best event. It's great. It really is great. And we got a flex day in there this year. I think, uh, I mean, I talked to Bruce Silva for sure. Flex and day. Brandon. Yeah, because everyone's like, it's we're, we're so jammed in with stuff this year. We decided we'd do a flex day on it. So we got a busy day Friday. And then a busy day Sunday, and then we don't leave till Monday this time. Last time we left on Sunday. This time we don't leave till Monday, so that Saturday is just a flex day. So we'll still do breath work in the morning, and then we'll have uh, breakfast, and then we'll ice have- baths too, like breath ice, work and ice baths. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get some more kitty pools, um, and uh, if we get the ice, I mean, we'll do the same thing where we just leave the water out overnight. Probably last year there was a ton of snow though, so you could just shovel some of that snow in there. That was the plan in Pine Top, but it was there was no snow, and the snow that was left was very dirty, because you know how snow gets when it melts into, takes all the dirt with it. Anyway, we added that day, so we'll have breakfast and all that in the morning, and then we'll have sandwiches ready to go, so people can grab a sandwich, and they can go explore Duck Creek, or they can go to Bryce for the day, or to Zion for the day, or there's a place in town that rents like off-road vehicles, like ATVs and side-by-sides, if people want to go do that kind of stuff. Of course, a bunch of other people probably just hang around the cabin for the day and visit because it comes. it's a, more about visiting and 
hanging out than anything. So, you know, I'm sure half the people just stay at the cabin. Cause that's in between, uh, Bryce Canyon and Zion, right? Almost, almost halfway yeah, they're between both them. about an hour away. Yeah. That's so we'll good. have a couple of shuttles to go if people right. want to go do that. And then I know that me and Brandon and Bruce so far, I got to fill out the permit. So I think we'll like send out an email soon to figure out who's all in on that because you can't do the angels. Hi, angels landing. Is it called? The crazy one where you have to hold on to the chains in a bunch of spots. It's only like six feet wide. You go over the blade. We can't do that. We can't do that. What? You just need a permit. Well, we're not doing it as a group. It's way too crazy. Who needs a permit? Anyone who wants to do it needs to fill out a permit now. At at the park? Yeah. Wow, really? I think it's mostly a waiver or they just want to know who's up there so when they know who don't come back down. It's got to be one of the craziest hikes in America. I mean, <laughs> I w- I've been watching some YouTube videos of it getting ready, and it's like it's like fucking six feet, four to six feet wide, over, and you go over the whole fucking blade. Who knows how high it is? I mean, that Zion, a lot of those cliffs are thousands of feet, thousands of feet down. So, I mean, if you fall, you're fucked. There's no way we're doing that with the group. So we're doing that on the flex day, though. We're gonna go in the morning, do that, and then go finish off the day playing in the narrows. All right, so there's two good. privates left because anyway, the long story short is she called me last week and said that the lady that rents us the main chalet said they just added this new space and it's got three bedrooms. And uh, if we wanted it, she'd uh, give it to me and I could just pay cash when we get there. So Wow, that's great. Yeah, that added in a couple surprise spaces, which is right in there again with all the other cabins, which is fantastic. So we got four cabins side by side there. The event's really going... I mean, there's some condos there, too, that we might be able to tie in. This could be turned into a real great event or a bigger event down the road. Because and this one's on our webpage, Contact of the Canyons. Is it, uh, are you, is it, uh, oh, two spots, oh, you have it updated. There's two Only private two spots, spots left. left right yeah. Now. Nice. That's So great. that's the one you want to get in on four days, well, all inclusive. And, and let's talk about a little bit about, like, when you go to Zion and, and uh, Bryce, it's with David Matheson, our stars in the myth, myths of the stars researcher, right? Well, yeah, they everyone goes on the hikes, but Dave and Brandon will be there. And then we do Bryce is the one that we stay till like uh, midnight at. And we look at this. So we do the stargazing and, and Matheson goes over some myths of the stars and stuff. Yeah, we do. Well, we do most of the myths at the cabin. We do like right. a bunch of presentations and then oh, we, we cool. just show all the constellations and you, I mean you can really see the constellations because you're up super high over top of Bryce and you can see the constellations sort of going from from one side to the other I mean when we were there you could see the Pleiades and all that clear as day it was really something else it's really something else I think it's like in the top five places in the world to be the stars wow that's awesome dude I can't wait I missed it last year of course so I can't wait to go this year this year you're going. You better go. I rented you a van. You're a van driver. You're I'm a van driver. A van driver. No problem. I'm not a van driver. I, I should call my. I should name my van. Van Halen. Remember, I got the CAC magnet on the fridge. I'll give you. Okay. So you can slap it on the van. So I made it so that you can just sort of drive straight. Slap the CAC on the van. Yeah. So you don't have to go all the way to Vegas. The bros will handle the Vegas. Uh, the only way good. you might have to go to Vegas is if there's more than fits in the SUV and two vans leaving Vegas airport. All right. So then you might have to drive down the mountain. All right. Which would be shitty because you're like, 
you know, that you'll drive an hour. Six and a half hours hour. past well, away from home, yeah. Well, no, this you would just go grab the van. So if you line it up, since you live the dream oh, over see, there, yeah, yeah. you could totally yeah. just drive down, spend the night in St. George's, wake yeah. up, have a leisurely breakfast. I'm assuming you can just leave your car at the rental place. But if not, I have a friend, uh, yeah, a okay. childhood friend yeah. that lives in St. George's. And if if we need to, we'll just go park your car at his house. Okay, cool. He's a uh, statey, actually, so maybe he can uh, he can throw your ass in the back and take you uh, take over. He's going to stop by the event this year. My state. I don't trooper understand buddy. what that means. He's a state trooper. Oh wow! Yeah, he's cool. a good guy though. So and then I can experience jail in the states. Yeah, there you go. I'll tell him to rough you up a little bit, maybe tase you. So what's this about the, uh, what's the other Randall event you want to talk about? Oh, well, I guess uh, there's some spots left now. So we're talking about Randall Carlson. Uh, RandallCarlson.com is his website now. He does the Cosmography show with our friends, the Snake Brothers. And I think the Brothers of the Serpent will be uh, at Contact of the Cabin with us, too, in the canyons. They sure will. I was talking to them yesterday. They'll be there. They are the nice. other two van drivers, and there will be jamming, and it'll be a blast. Jamming, like oh yeah, they the do some heavy jamming. Yeah, they'll be jamming, singing. Both of the bros are there, so they'll have the drum section and uh, and the guitar. I know Garth is coming, and he plays a pretty good guitar himself. So yeah, it's on the tours and events page. They're doing the Middle Cumberland Plateau. Uh, tour March 13th. Join Randall and the Randwolf team as we explore the middle section of our tour triad on the Cumberland Plateau, escarpment and eastern highland rim of Tennessee. Sculpted by water, the landscape is dissected with numerous rivers and streams and populated with miles and miles of deeply etched, jagged walled gorges. Man, I would nice. love to go to fucking Tennessee. Nice. So I'll uh, I'll put an I'll I'll find that on the website and put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, they got a and couple spots. They they've got enough spots left that they asked us to mention it this week and see if we could uh, get some people heading over that way. If you can do that one, I mean, it is coming up kind of short notice, but maybe you're in the area, and uh, that's down in Tennessee, and that starts in about a week's time from now. Nice. Is that a week from now? What's today? Yeah, it'd be about a week from now. Uh oh yeah. What's the other thing? Oh, yeah. So, and then, well, you're at, if you don't want to go on the Canyons trip, we have a bunch of other events there that uh, we haven't mentioned in a while. We've got one or two spots left for the June Randall Carlson Mega Flood Tour that goes from Bonners Ferry, Idaho, which is practically Canada. Practically Canada. You're within about 20 miles of the Canadian border there on the Kootenai River. We're staying there for two nights, and then we're driving down through the Flathead Valley down to Polson. Um, and hanging out there at a resort right on Flathead Lake. It's a beautiful spot. I went and sessed it out uh, in December, and it's great. So we'll be going there for four days and touring around all that, and then taking you back to Spokane Airport. A couple spots left for that. That's on there as a Montana Mega Flood Tour. And, of course, there's two Scablands tours in September, which you can jump on if you haven't done the Scablands tour with Randall Carlson yet. Uh, it's highly, highly recommended. Brown and Powell will be coming out to those ones. We might get Dave Matheson for the second week of uh, the round, the, the second Scablons tour. We'll see. I'm still working on that. And then, uh, if, then we have Egypt, which I'm not sure if that's full or not yet, but you can check that out. 
And, of course, we do have a couple events for next year on the calendar already. Uh, Next year's Utah event isn't listed yet. Um, But, actually, I should probably list that soon. But um, we do have next year's event in Mount Shasta, which is the Magic on the Mountain with Owen Hunt and Joe Roop again. And then we have the Stargazing in Hawaii, which is the other uh, place in the top five stargazing places in the world. The interesting thing about Hawaii is you've got the ocean as a backdrop, so you've got a true 180-degree view of it all. Uh, So we're doing that next January. Um, That's more of a hotel experience, uh, similar to our Randall tours where you go, we'll put you up in a hotel room, we'll feed you the whole time. We'll do the ice baths and the Wim Hof stuff with our buddy Brandon Powell again. Uh, We'll do some touring around Hawaii, hopefully check out a volcano. Uh, We're going to do some surfing because Dave Matheson, our star myth guy, who will be doing the star star stuff with us there, is also a uh, world-class surfer, I'm told. So he's going to give us all some surf lessons down there uh, out in front of the beach, on the beach in front of the hotel because, of course, the hotel is right on the right on one of the beaches. So if you want to check all that stuff out, that's all there at contact at thecabin.com. Grab an event today. Nice. And support the show, you suckers. We love you guys. We can't do this without you. Uh, People think it's a free show sometimes. That makes us the suckers because it's not a free show. It's supposed to be a value for value show. We'll put out, I think this is episode like 537 maybe? I think it's more than that. I think it's over 540, but I'm not sure. Anyway, all out there for free. Uh, And if you are listening to a bunch of them, maybe listen to a hundred, maybe listen to 500, maybe listen to three and they're adding a little value to your day, to your commute, uh, to wherever you're listening. Maybe you could head over to grabamerica.ca slash support today, sign up for a monthly, make a one-time donation and uh, send a little support back our way. Let us know that you value our work here and uh, that is valuable to you or it's valuable to anyone. And that's why we keep doing it. And we couldn't keep doing it without the people that have already made that decision and have supported us, supported us to this point and are still supporting us. Uh, they help us keep going, keep growing. The tours, the events, all of that comes out of uh, the people that are willing to support us here to take on these ventures. And it's my birthday coming up, motherfuckers, so support that too. I'm not as old as Graham yet. <laughs> I'm as old as you were. I'm still not even as old as you were when you started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you started the show? 43? 43, I guess, yeah. 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 A couple more years. And we'll have to celebrate. Yeah. When I hit your age, we'll see if I'm as curmudgeon. Well, we're coming up on nine years for the show. Nine, nine years. years. It'll be yeah. nine years in two months. Right? Yeah. End of May. June 1st. We just got, it's technically May 24th, I think. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? Well, I got, I got something to talk. I got an operation project. If you want to play the jingle, and I'll explain it. It's called Operation Fish. Should be a fun one. Wapo. A wapo. What's that noise? It looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry Eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. One thing I I'll add about guys. those what? events before we move on is that, I mean, part of the other cool thing about it is exploring these parts of the world with literally the coolest people you ever meet. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that about me and Graham. We're not that cool. <laughs> but the people that you'll meet there 
are cool oh, yeah. as fuck. It's, I oh, mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's open minded. It's, oh, it's all the really, conversations. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable to go walk around these national parks with these people and see these sites for the first time in your your life with forty people that are cool as shit. Super interesting. Yeah. 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 As yeah. opposed to you know. Maybe you just check it out on yourself one day. That's it's cool like your too, favorite but. people out of the chats or the chat rooms or the social medias that you you know you'd love to hang around with, and you know that's what it's like. It's going to spend a weekend with them, seeing great scenery and presentations and all that kind of stuff. Well, this this Operation Fish was inspired by our Rockfin video that we just did. We still do the odd Rockfin video uh, on Rockfin, and then we sort of put those audios out uh, months later. In our Grimerica Outlawed, the whole separate, completely separate podcast feed. But this is um, from one that we called Camp X with Lynn Hodgson. And he talks about a camp in uh, Canada training special agents, like basically like sort of a James Bond training camp. But he gets into Operation Fish in that episode. Um, I'll put a link to that Rockfin episode uh, in the sh- in the show notes and along with all these links here. From Operation Fish. Now, this one is from Military History Fandom, and it and it talks about. Uh, so this was this was an operation in World War II, and uh, basically in in September 1939, the British government decreed that all people living in the UK had to declare. Oh, this is interesting. I I forgot about this part of it. All the people living in the UK had to declare their securities with the Royal Treasury. So even before Operation Fish convoys had been sent with millions of pounds worth of gold and money to purchase weapons from the Americans, one such run involved the Commodore and his ship HMS Emerald. And he says that that dropped anchor in Plymouth, England. A short time later, Agar was being briefed by Rear Admiral Lancelot Holland on his mission. And the written instructions are below. So get this. These are the instructions. Two million pounds in gold bars is to be embarked in each ship to Halifax. A railway truck is expected to be placed alongside each ship at one in the morning on October 7th. Each truck is expected to contain 148 boxes, each weighing 130 pounds. The total number of boxes is numbered Z298 to Z. 741 inclusive guards are to, be, are to be put on each truck on arrival at the ship embarkation is to commence about 6 30 in the morning as daylight permits adequate steps are to be taken for supervision of each box from unloading from truck to stowage and ship finally a receipt is to be forwarded to c and c western approaches on the attached form so this is uh so then <clears throat> shortly after so the end of 1939 emerald sailed from Prim- plymouth to halifax with this gold bullion bound for the Bank of England and Montreal, Canada. And it says it was to be used to pay for American war materials. Now, I, I don't remember that that part. I mean, that might have ended up being what it was paid for, but I, they're, they're also saying this was like um, the largest transfer of wealth. Now, I don't really like that term since that largest transfer of wealth has now been superseded by COVID. <laughs> Been superseded a couple of times. Yeah, but that well, that was it. So this is an article from 2016, and it's called and this is in in a different uh, thing. It's called uh, Inch Dot World Slash History: The Largest Transfer of Wealth in History, and it shows Operation Fish: How the Largest Transfer of Wealth in History Took Place. 
This is amazing piece of history that somehow avoided the world's attention. It happened at the start of World War II. The British government moved the majority of Britain's wealth. The British government moved the majority of Britain's wealth by boat to Canada. Now, we're not talking about a little money, but over $300 billion worth of gold and securities. That's in today's dollars. And that was 2016. So make that, what, $500 billion, $700 billion now, except that it's worth less. It makes the wealth moved offshore in the Panama Papers leak seem small. So today, over 75 years later, it remains the world's largest transfer of wealth from country to country. It's called Operation Fish, and here it is how it went down. With storm clouds gathering in 1939 and the threat of war in Europe, the Bank of England decided to increase its gold reserves held to the Bank of Canada in Ottawa. During the summer and early half of 1940, half a dozen ships, now this is weird, moved over 100 tons of gold to Canada for safe storage. With these ships having successfully tested the waters, the war situation in Europe turning grave, Churchill gave the green light to Operation Fish, which would massively accelerate this movement of gold and securities from England to Canada. So using these wartime powers, the Churchill government confiscated... Oh, my God. Using their wartime powers, the Churchill government confiscated the securities that the British people were forced to register at the beginning of 1940 and included those in the shipments to Canada. By the end of Operation Fish, over 1,500 tons of gold made its way to Ottawa. The invasion of England was a real possibility. And mid, mid by mid-June in 1940, the German armed forces were on the French Channel coast to Netherlands and Belgium already fell to the Nazis. France was on the verge of capitulation with the Nazis parading into Paris in June. To make matters worse, Italy entered the war on the German side. So moving Britain's wealth to Canada was not an easy decision. The only way to transport tons of gold and securities was by ship across the U-boat-infested North Atlantic. In May of 1940, over 100 ships were sunk by the Nazis. This represented 41% of all ship tonnage and with only one U-boat loss. So uh, it, it, let, me, let me just skip through some of this here. The ships would sail across the North Atlantic. There's some pictures in here. So then I'm going to move to the official, the next page here, which is a, a new website called the Bank of Canada Museum. Ooh, I wish I could have yeah, got my hands is, on a bunch of that gold. This is the official Bank of Canada Museum. And they've got a picture in here of the... A convoy arrives at Bedford Basin in Halifax, April 1st, 1943. And there's like 45 ships in the bay here. That's massive. 45 Labor. ships in the bay, boy. At, 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 at 7.35 a.m. July 1st, 1940, and a shipment of fish has arrived in Alaska. Labeled top, top secret, it was the culmination of almost a year of planning and preparatory work. It's one of the war's best-kept secrets, and certainly one of the most interesting. The Bank of Canada was about to become a key, if secret, player in the Second World War. And truthfully, the story doesn't involve a single fish at all. It involved gold, a lot of it, thousands of pounds that needed to be moved across an ocean to protect the future of Europe. So there's a, there's a, uh, there's a propaganda leaflet, leaflet here in, on there. It's all ripped up, but it shows a map of uh, the north of France, like kind of where Dunkirk and uh, 
Calais is, and it says comrades, and in, in French it's got this, and then it says British shoulders, soldiers, shoulders. British soldiers in English, look at this map. It gives you a true situation. Your troops are entirely surrounded. Stop fighting. Put down your arms. So, of course, the United Kingdom could be the next to fall. So Churchill developed plans to install his government in Montreal and continue to lead the Commonwealth from Canada. The Bank of England has also begun preparing for the worst, putting in motion plans to run a shadow bank headquartered in Ottawa. So devising Operation Fish, a plan to move England's entire gold reserves overseas to Canada. So in total, the order includes almost 2,000 tons of bullion and coins, including substantial holdings from the soon-to-be-captured Bank of France. The loss of any shipment would be disastrous, like spelling Britain's defeat. So it talks about the convoy going all the way out there. Um, 40, over 100 ships were sunk. So the Battle of Atlantic is well underway and the German submarine threat has reached its peak. In the month of May alone, 100 ships were sunk. And they actually, um, there was 300 armed guards that headed for Montreal with this. Um, there, was a, there was a point here I wanted to read where it said that a whole bunch of these ships were sunk and none of them had the gold on there. More than 600 people were involved. It was the largest movement of physical wealth in history. It was also perhaps the single greatest economic gamble of all time, a tremendous success. And it's got a picture of this lady here, Miss E. Thompson, an audit representative, checks a gold delivery in 1955, and she's literally standing in front of what must be 12-foot-high steel shelves with gold bullion all the way up and all the way back on these shelves. Gold they were second only to that of Fort Knox. Fort Knox is empty, I thought. They hired 120 uh, retired bankers to keep track of it. Fabulous. Fabulous. So oh, more than 40% of all transatlantic traffic was sunk. It somehow makes the 4,600 crossing unscathed arriving in Halifax. So none of them, none of them with gold were sunk. Allegedly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there you have it. I don't know. It's just a, an interesting piece of history. I mean, when you look at a picture of only what this operation was transferring gold, there's 45 ships in the harbor of Halifax. I mean, that's, they've traveled all the way from Europe to North America. Yes, and that's a huge bay full of ships. I mean, imagine how how much has been uh, manufactured and sailing still in the Atlantic and near Europe. You know, crazy these wars. Crazy. We got a new war. Buckle up. Buckle up. Join the chats. Greatamerica.ca/slash/chats. And be there for the next social media crackdown. All these fuckers getting popped off Discord. We're still good. Greatamerica.ca/slash/chats. All right, uh, should we get to a quote? Sure. The quote of the weekend. Where's my soundboard gone? It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote. 
The supreme trick of mass insanity is that it persuades you that the only abnormal person is the one who refuses to join in the madness of others, the one who tries vainly to resist. We will never understand totalitarianism if we do not understand that people rarely have the strength to be uncommon. Pussies. Eugene, <laughs> yeah. It's Eugene Ionesco. Eugene. A Romanian Ionesco. French playwright. I was going to guess that. Why'd you give it up? Yeah, sorry. I, I thought that, you guessed. I knew that was an Ionesco. Had Ionesco uh, written all over it, written underneath it. I'm just kidding. I don't know who the fuck that is. All right, is that it? We're out of here? Yeah, this is uh, Jan Edwards. She's the CEO of pavingthewayfoundation.org. And it's a great chat, right? fantastic chat paving the way better than perving the way and uh it's an important one if you have kids to make sure they don't get themselves into trouble and uh good one for you parents out there good one if you're not a parent out there uh good one for everyone enjoy the chat we love you guys thanks for listening and we will no is this not the outro son of a bitch enjoy the chat john edwards Jan Edwards, welcome to Grimerica. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the invitation, Grimerica, aka yeah. Grimerica. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, that well, that's our that's our like pseudo pseudo organization, Grimerica. Yeah, Grimerica. I like that's that. We'll have to talk about that as well. I'm afraid. Yeah. So, so do you want to start with? Um, I mean, I'm going to read your, I will have read your bio and stuff before we start, but do you want to start um, by just a little bit of background or do you want to talk about your organization paving the way? Sure. Well, people are always curious how I got here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So probably worth the, worth the discussion. Yeah. So I'm going to end that curiosity right now. Um, So I was invited to the get health summit up at the UN back in 2013 and the people that are listening to your show, I, I assert some of them can relate to what I'm about to describe, that you've been at a conference or a breakfast or a brunch or some kind of meeting. And whether this person spoke on a panel or you heard them chat with a friend, you're like, I got to talk to that person, right? There's just something about them that I want to connect with. And that was the case with me. His name's Dr. Mahari. He's a neurologist out of um, Tennessee. 
And he was speaking about what was happening in Ethiopia. And I just found it and him fascinating. So I went up, we exchanged cards and he has a organization that's called people to people. And he gathers the diaspora for those that don't know what that is. I invite you to go look it up of Ethiopia and helps raise funds to make a difference for the orphans in Ethiopia. And so we, you know, exchanged uh, texts, emails, and I was really looking forward to having a conversation with him. And he said, you know, Jan, I'm planning a trip to Ethiopia next month. Can we talk when I come back? I'm like, of course, have a great time. Send pictures, you know, let me know when it works for you. And he sends me an email right back and says, do you want to go? Well, it's not every day you get invited to go to Ethiopia. <laughs> so I went and it was there that I witnessed human trafficking. There was just a moment in time, two older men, two younger girls, and it just didn't feel right. You know, that intuitive thing that you, yeah, it just was that. And when I got to my sponsor's house, I asked him and I shared with him what I saw. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's human trafficking. He'd be like, you know, hey, Graham, you want to go grab a coffee? It was very nonchalant. I go, hey, pause, hang on a second. Like, what are you talking about? I remember this is in 2013. This is way before R. Kelly, Epstein, Maxwell, any of the high-profile cases. He looks at me and he says, Jan, we have 4.5 million orphans in Ethiopia. We're the number one source of human trafficking in the Middle East. Wow, he knew all that, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked at him. And, you know, it took my brain a few minutes to wrap around what he just said, just like it might to some of your listeners right now. And I said, hang on a second. I said, are you telling me people are selling people? Like, I couldn't get it. You know, it's like we're way past the Emancipation Proclamation here. And he said, Jan, this is a $150 billion industry. Where you been? I'm like, well, I live in Orlando, happiest place on earth. You know, we don't talk about this kind of thing. And it was really right there that it got laid on my heart. And I came home and I did research and found out that Florida has the third highest number of calls to the National Trafficking Hotline right behind California and Texas. And the average age at the time of entry was 11 to 14. So it was like, okay, Ethiopia, I'm coming for you, but I got to fix my own backyard first. So we've really been at that for the past five years. I took two years to do market research. We created a curriculum based around our award-winning film, Trapped in the Trade, and that's the basis for all of our training. And it shows the intentional grooming and recruitment of children by children, which is real. It happens today. If you watch the Epstein Netflix special, that's exactly what happens. So I'm not making this stuff up. It really does happen. And we did a lot of market testing, went out and talked to bunch of kids. And so now we've educated over 16,000 young people, including some young tribal uh, girls up in Canada, which I'm very happy about because I'm Cherokee and Choctaw. So I have a, you know, it's my people. And um, we're really out to impact and prevent this from happening. Can, so, you, can you mention just a little bit more about ch- children and kids, like ch- that it's the children that are involved as well? I, like people that haven't watched the Epstein thing and they don't yeah, know what you mean by that? Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. So in our film, our 
main character starts in a new school and there's a trafficking ring already happening in the school and she gets groomed and recruited, invited to a party. I'm not going to tell you what happens at the party, but not good things. And she's left in this place where she feels trapped. Now today in today's world, um, it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way. It happens on this thing, this cell phony thing that I'm holding up. Uh, 90% of grooming and recruitment into uh, online exploitation now happens online. The shutdown two years ago put our children in high risk and big danger. And we've seen an increase of online enticement and exploitation from 2019 to 2020 up uh, 98%. And from 2020 to 2021, up an additional 28%. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children here in the U.S., records all those calls and the thing that most people don't fully understand is when a child is exposed to that type of lifestyle and they're really enticed groomed and manipulated to invite other people into that lifestyle that's what happens and and the thing that i really want people to fully understand about children they act a particular way. Like they got all together. They figured out, I got it, mom. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. Well, in reality, their prefrontal cortex this front part of your brain, which is the decision-making brain front part. It's not fully developed until you're between 28 and 32. So, you know, I I imagine Graham that you're, you know, 14. Can you remember? I, I, I distinctly remember being 14, right? You're gangly or, you know, things are growing that weren't growing before. And just, you know, it's weird prepubescence time period is weird and uh so you're already feeling odd anyway they shut down the globe so you're now stuck at home sometimes with your parents sometimes not whether you're going to school or not you're on zoom all day long and let's say maybe your boyfriend breaks up with you your girlfriend breaks up with you you're you know you get a bad grade on a test your parent yells at you but there's has been this really cute guy on insta that keeps dming you telling you how cute you are how pretty you are you know you know good job on getting that a on that test in a moment of weakness you accept the dm now in reality it could be a teenager it could be in reality it's probably someone closer to your age or mine um, that sends out messages hundreds at a time it's like trolling and you know, if they send out 300 messages a day and they get 10 responses, the probability is they will groom half of those kids. The, the time it takes now to groom a child is less than eight days to sending an inappropriate picture to a stranger. So you're, so you're saying that half the people that make contact with them get trapped you know, in a way? Or- well, they, you know what? It, it, they could, right? Yeah. But what happens is the relationship begins, yeah. Right. They get connected. They feel uh, heard. They feel valued. They feel listened to all those things that they got at school. They weren't getting anymore and they're still not necessarily getting right. And they pour their hearts out to these strangers. And it's really easy to be a persona that you're not behind a screen. It's really easy. We've seen that on dating sites. Right. So this person pours their heart out to them and then this child pours their heart out to that adult and 
you know, the next thing you know, they're exchanging pictures. Now it starts off real simple. Send me a picture of your feet or send me a picture of your shoulders, you know, whatever. Send me a picture of what fill in the blank, which is innocent enough. And then they send a picture and then they ask for another picture and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And if you really loved me, you know, how special you are to me, all of those manipulative tactics that are used to finally have a child go, well, yeah, I do love him. Okay, I'll take this picture. And you send it. And the moment that child lets that picture go, because you're not going to get it back, there's no getting these pictures back, they're trapped. Yeah, you know, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children reported 21.7 million child sexual abuse material pieces of content last year. And that's those who reported so this gets once you say that they're um, they're sort of groomed at that point they're trapped because now they have that on them or do they use that yeah, against them? Absolutely. You remember prefrontal cortex not fully developed, right? So now they're ashamed, they feel embarrassed, they feel guilty, and the manipulation starts. The threats start. Well, Graham, if you don't keep sending me those pictures, I'm gonna share all your pictures with your social media friends. I'm going to post them all online and tag all your friends. It's mortifying to a child, also an adult, by the way. It's mortifying. And so they use threats and manipulation, and they make the child feel like it's their fault when it's not. And that's probably the hardest part for parents to fully grasp is the you-should-have-known-better conversation. They really don't. If you look at the over-sexualization of our children today, Grandma, I don't know how old you are, Pretty sure you might have seen Desi and Lucy or maybe the Dick Van Dyke show at some point in time in your childhood. And they slept in separate beds. <laughs> they wouldn't even show Lucy on a camera pregnant. Right? That's the 1950s, 1960s. Fast forward to today, there's a show on Netflix called uh, Pretty Tiny Things or Tiny Pretty Things. It's about ballet school. Yep. And there's full-blown teen sex happening. Now, I fast forward through that because I'm not, I have zero interest in that, but I want to see the dancing. Right. So, it's a completely different world. And they make it okay. Like this is just what we do. Well, okay. Not problem. However, if you don't want to do that and it's not your choice and you're being manipulated, that's a whole different conversation to have. So does this usually go from manipulation on the phones and Instagram, let's say, or these other uh, apps to in-person then? Absolutely. Thorne's done some really great research, the organization that Aston Kutcher and Demi Moore created. And they just put some research out that over 40% of the kids they surveyed, 9 to 17, have sent an inappropriate picture to a stranger. 30% of those kids have actually snuck out of the house and met a stranger. How many? What percent was that? 30 lucky they came home so is that the goal of these people that are manipulating them is eventually to get them in person or how like or how, actually, much, how much of it is actually now yeah. just become online because it must have switched over after, shortly after you started researching this tele uh, smartphones became more popular and social media became more prevalent so this yeah happened. absolutely well you know it's interesting uh, because the online predatory environment wants content and they want fresh content. So according to Nick Mick, 60% of the predators, they want pictures. It's what they want. And 
the other third, I think it's like 28-ish percent, 25% or so, they want to meet the child and potentially have sex with them, right? That's your full-blown pedophile. Um, and, and the challenge, because we've so over-sexualized our environment, our kids don't think it's a big deal. I like they're like, well, everybody else is doing it. Okay. So there's two professional ball players. One was a football player, one was a baseball player. They did something stupid on social media eight or ten years ago and they both lost their contracts. So, okay, everybody else might be doing it, but you know who else looks at your social media? Future colleges, future jobs that are gonna hire you. Because you're gonna represent their company. There's actually companies that have a position that that's all they do is they'll bring them, you know, bring, I was talking to somebody last week and they said they brought 13 kids in young people in for an interview. And he said, you stay right here. We're going to go look at your social media profiles. Six of them stayed, seven of them left without jobs because they're social media profiles. So that's the long-term impact that a lot of these young people don't fully understand. And and parents don't really get it either. I, 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 did you have a cell phone when you were a kid? Nope. No, I was free range. So <laughs> exactly. You know, it was a friend of mine last week we were talking. We had a. Or I, I do a parent tech talk every month, and I have people from around the country in the anti trafficking space, and we, you know, it's really to empower parents to have conversations with their kids about this because they're still our front line of defense, and. uh He's like, no, I had a pager. (laughs) So you've got parents that didn't have what we have right now that our kids have. And I promise you that most grownups don't utilize the tool to a a tenth of its ability of this interstellar device. And I, I have a friend that works for Homeland Security, and he's the one that coined the phrase that I use, interstellar device, because kids don't know you can actually talk to the space station from your iphone right that also means your kids can go talk to the world great the world can also talk to them and you've got several messaging apps that have end-to-end encryption so there's some groups we work with because remember i do prevention education right but i because our because i'm so active on social media I get a lot of messages or chat messages about, Hey, my cousin's missing or my daughter's missing or my best friend's son is gone. You know, like, so I, I don't do that, but I know people who do help families recover their kids. You know, first phone call is to the national center. uh, Second phone call is to your local police officers. And I'll ask them, do you have your children's social media passwords? They'll say no. Well, You've just now taken what could potentially help find your child in minutes, po- potentially hours, because the police are going to have to hack into your kid's social media to find out if they are even there. Now, if they're communicating on an encrypted, end-to-end encrypted message, you're going to have no idea what they said. You have no idea. And if they take the phone with them, there's no way of tracking them either. So uh, one of my, uh, another buddy of mine who uh, works up in New York, he said, he said, for parents, it's such a great idea is to have your kids write down their social media passwords on a piece of paper, put it in a breakable piggy bank, right? So you, it's not one of those with the little rubber thing at the bottom. <laughs> you have to break it to get what's in there. And it's, you know, literally break an emergency. If your child goes missing, boom, you 
crack that open. And if the child is nervous about their parents having access to it, you know, well, you know, maybe the aunt or uncle can do that. So I think there's ways that parents can help protect their kids way beyond knowing their social media passwords and having this conversation is being an active participant in their child's life and starting to understand if I've got a straight A student and let's give the in, in space for the past two years. Okay. If I have a straight A student, they went from straight A's to B's probably pretty normal. And you know, we're in Florida. So we're, you know, we've been back in school for a while and they go from straight A's to D's. There's something up what's happening. And for parents, instead of accusing their child, well, you must not be studying or you must not be doing that. It's like, well, what's going on? What's happening in your world that has your schoolwork go down so quickly, right? There might be a, a vision issue. There might, who knows? But until you actually ask the questions versus making accusations, as a parent, you're not going to really find out. And it's the same thing with activities that kids do, right? Is if your son or loves football and all of a sudden comes home one day and says, I don't want to play football again. Well, why not? What's going on? You know, did something happen with the team? And it's spending that quality time. I call it phones down or in a box, no electronics for an hour or two a night. So you start to notice the subtle nuances of when there's something off with your child and you can engage in a conversation because kids just need a safe place to be. And it's our job as their parents. It's our job as adults to care about them, to provide that for them. Well, I'm not a parent, so I, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm positive that seeing my girlfriend's kids' relationship and how um, there, I guess there has to be sort of a trust that you can be honest with your parents and not getting in shit for everything as well, like so that Absolutely. you're open, so well, you can. Are you an feel. uncle? No. Okay, no. so so her kids are you know, the the first child experience you're having, yeah. So it you know it really is, and and because you're not their parent you actually might be the safe space sometimes. Well, I, I don't really have that much of a relationship with them. Yeah. But I can see how honest they are with her. And it, mm-hmm. it always shocks me because I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, I was like, <laughs> I don't think I was wanting to be that honest with my mom. I didn't talk to my mom like that. Well, and it's uh, my best friend and I had conversations about that. I've known her since I was five, long time. And, uh, she's like, my parents didn't talk to me. Like you talk to your daughter. And I, you know, I, said, I said, look, I said, I'd much rather be transparent about the things I did and the things I didn't do, you know, in high school and college. I'm very happy there weren't cell phones when I was in college. Um, <laughs> just saying, you know, that you can you can have those kind of conversations. Yep. I did stupid stuff in college, too. So I understand the pull or the draw for being that, you know, go, kind of going off the rails, but also understanding the long term impact of that. So how does it lead from this social media thing to meeting in person? And then to how does the trafficking fit into that? It seems like, is there two separate things going on here? One is sort of abuse and, and sexual exploitation. Well, no, online that, that eventually leads to trafficking or how does yeah, that online happen? child exploitation is considered trafficking. Okay. So let me start off. Actually, let me start with the definition of what human trafficking is. And yeah, that, will yeah. help, that will really help yeah. clarify that. For not only you but also your listeners, so human trafficking is is a crime against a person, and for anyone over the age of eighteen, it must include force, fraud, or coercion to do something they would not normally choose to do. When we talk to kids, I'm like, I'm not talking homework or chores, right? 
So if someone threatens your well-being, Graham, that if you don't go do X as an adult, and you can prove that there was force, fraud, or coercion, very much like what's ha- what has happened to illegals coming over, right? They're promised a job, their passports are taken, and they're threatened because, you, you know, everybody hears the stories about ICE busting in whatever and rounding up people and sending them back home. That's, that's enough to frighten me, so I'm not going to say anything, okay? Human smuggling is a crime against a country which can actually turn into trafficking. And movement is not required for human trafficking. Okay. Now, in the United States, and I can't speak for Canada, I'd have to look that up, but in the United States, any child under the age of 18, you don't have to prove force, fraud, or coercion, or manipulation, or threats, because we're very clear, no child would choose to be raped 15 to 25 times a night. I assert no adult would choose that either but we're very clear that a child doesn't have the brain capacity quite yet to make those kind of choices they're manipulated into it so human trafficking can involve online exploitation because if someone's threatening a child to send more pictures and that person is using those pictures, whether it's for personal pleasure or selling or trading those pictures with another person that does the same thing, that's also a form of trafficking. Yeah, I find that a strange definition. I mean, I guess it. I could probably come around to it making sense because you're sort of trafficking pictures or other things, but it, it almost yeah. feels to me like it muddies the water because everything gets sort of thrown under this trafficking right. umbrella. Well, most- People misunderstand what it means. Yeah, well, you're right. But the thing, the challenge is, I got to tell you, the movie Taken's done more damage to this movement than really any other uh, piece of media out there. Because that has people think, one, it involves kidnapping. It's less than 2%, okay, involves kidnapping. And two, it's an over there issue. And that over there could be the bad neighborhood in your city or over there is in a, you know, developing country. It could be an over there. It isn't over there. The International Labor Organization has reported over 45 million people enslaved. That isn't over their issue. Here in the United States, you know, people don't, and that's the thing, survivors don't self-identify. I would assert everyone here listening has either run across, bumped into, or seen a victim of human trafficking. Because you have to look at the different types. There's labor trafficking, which includes dishwashers, maintenance, gardeners, housekeeping. All of that, you've got domestic servitude, right? And then you have the other labor traffickers for agriculture. There's also, have I don't know if you've ever seen, Graham, the kids in the plastic tubs that are selling the $5 candles or candy or anything like that. Have you ever witnessed that? Now, that happens a lot down here. They're traveling, quote, quote, road crews. And... You know, they're selling stuff for five bucks. They're promised the world, of course. And at the end of the night, they might go home with 10 bucks. And uh, the trafficker gets the rest of it. You know, they just sold $500 worth of stuff and they go home with 10 bucks and trafficker goes home with 490. That's a form of labor trafficking. And then you have sex trafficking, which is what people talk about more. There's actually more labor trafficking in the world than sex trafficking. However, sex trafficking is far more lucrative 
because I can sell a human being for sex over and over and over and over and over again the same in the same day, day after day after day after day. It's more money. Labor trafficking, you know, you're making bricks, you're pulling plants, it's there's more of them, there's less revenue. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you um I mean, there's been a lot of hype about this, this trafficking sex, especially sex trafficking over the last, I mean, it must be hard to navigate that with your organization or. Yes. So that when the conspiracy theories come out and the, you know, we talked earlier about the pizza gates, um, that conversation does more damage to those of us on the front lines that are trying to prevent it, that are trying to work really hard to recover children that are missing um, or taken. Um, and then you've got the whole recovery and reintegration process. You know, it, it takes, I have a, a really an amazing man that we're very blessed here in Orlando. His name's Dr. Phil Toll, and he works with the residential program. We have an adult residential program here that's funded by Orange County. And, you know, he works with the women daily. And I had him on because people have this, well, if they're being abused, why don't they just leave? There's a thing called trauma bonding and it literally alters the neuronal patterns in your brain for you to collapse love and pain together. So you're not sure which is which they come, they show up together. And as human beings, we need love. We do. There have been studies that have shown that infants that have been abandoned and aren't held even in orphanages that aren't held, they can be fed, but if they're not held in love, they die. So we as human beings actually need physical touch and love. And he shared on a, on one of our parent tech talks that it takes anywhere from two to three years for the brain, just the brain to fully heal from the level of trauma. And we've all experienced people have adopted animals from rescue shelters. When you go to pet your friend's dog, they flinch. That's a neuronal response. The same thing happens to human. And, and the level of complex PTSD that trafficking survivors have gone through and still experience, it's beyond what any normal person can comprehend. The, the multiple levels of disassociative disorder, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, all of those, because the brain and the body are not meant to experience that level of trauma over and over again. It's actually even worse than what our military personnel come home and deal with because sexual trauma, sexual abuse is a personal trauma. It's someone traumatizing you personally versus you witnessing now, fighting, you know, hand to hand combat, separate and distinct, that's happening to you personally. But, you know, these guys that either witness or, um, you know, have had to take someone out, right? That's a separate kind of trauma, not less, not more, not better, just a separate kind of trauma. And it's similar to the complex PTSD that trafficking survivors experience. And so this is a very dark topic and people can't be with it. And how I know this is something I'm supposed to be doing is I can be with it. There are nights when I'm in the fetal position crying in the corner because I just, uh, you know, I feel for those children. But then I just get angrier and start taking more actions to get in front of as many young people as we can. Because the young people that we've educated, who also educate me, I watch their 
I watch the molecules on their faces alter. I, I watch their brains start to do the thinking and you know, they, our education stays with them well after we've left because we use the Socratic method of education. So we empower them to come up with their own decisions of what would you do if you were in that spot, right? What would you do if you were online and some guy wants to ask for, he was asking for an inappropriate picture in that moment, what would you do? And have them come up with a solution versus me telling them what to do. And then, you know, we, we have a conversation, we dialogue when we spitball it. And, and when possible, we have law enforcement come in with us for them, you know, the ones that are working, that are human trafficking detectives, and they work these cases every single day, along with survivors, if they're available and willing to come share their story. And, and the ones that are probably the most heartbreaking are the ones that were trafficked by their family members. And that's a high percentage of familial trafficking is a very high percentage. It starts with abuse. Um, generally, uh, a family member is hooked on drugs. And the next thing you know, they're selling their child or trading their sex with child for drugs or to pay rent or to make house payment. Right. So the, the conspiracy theories do nothing but harm people that are on the front lines attempting to recover and prevent our children and our adults from being abused like this. Have you had to protect your organization from that? Because, I mean, there's been a lot of trouble that NGOs have gotten into or even government departments and charities and stuff where, you know, people that got busted for trafficking in Haiti then end up working for the government, that type of thing. Do you have a lot of uh, kickback against no organization or no. Any, anybody questioning it at all like that. No, nope. people know who I am and they know what I do and, and we're fully transparent. We're not that old. We don't generate that much. Money. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Cuz I mean, <laughs> you know? cuz it must be hard coming up with with something when there's been so so many people in trouble already, you know. It, you know, what's interesting is um you know, because I do this out of passion and compassion right? I don't live in some multi-billion dollar mansion. Um, I don't drive a Mercedes. I, you know, I am the uh, opposite of that. And the funds we generate is to get me from point A to point B or to you know pay our staff to get from point A to point B. Because we don't house children. We don't do any of that. We go in, we talk to kids where they are and we leave. Yeah. Um, you know, and we have mission ambassadors that are trained to do the same. Everyone has a background check. Everyone signs an NDA. Everyone is vetted before I put them in front of a child. Cause I, I know what we're, I, I know that. Right. And because I don't have some famous name and I don't have some huge, you know, movie star backing me up and I've been consistent every, what I say is consistent and what yeah. I do is consistent. Yeah. <laughs> No, no one's ever questioned us because there's no reason to. Yeah. We've not done anything weird. We do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. What's uh, you mentioned social media. What are, what are the main apps that are getting kids into trouble? Uh, any, any app with a chat feature and I'll highlight just a couple of them. So about 30% of the children that are groomed and recruited are boys and they find them on discord. And it starts really simply, hey, send me a picture of you with your shirt off and I'll send you some tokens to level up your game, right? And then send me this, and then send me that. 
and it was interesting. I was in Arizona speaking at a, a church educating their youth group. And when I was talking about discord and, and the methodology that these recruiters use, I could, there were three young boys that were, they were getting antsy. I can, I can tell when I'm saying something, they get itchy, right? They shift in their seat or they just get a little itchy. And, uh, the youth pastor came up to me after the end and they, you know, the, all the kids were eating pizza and drinking soda, you know, doing stuff the kids do in the church. She came up to me and pulled me aside and she said, those three boys that you told me that were uncomfortable said all three of them, the, just that last week had somebody do exactly that to them. Wow. Yeah. On discord or on discord. Yeah. So for those of you that have video gamers out there and that are on discord heads up, so that's, that's one where uh, young boys are recruited Roblox. That's another one. There's sex rooms in Roblox, you know, and you've got little five and six year olds playing Roblox. And the next thing you know, they're in a room with it. again, prefrontal cortex. And so I, I, edu- I say to parents, I go, if you're, if you leave that Wi-Fi on for your kid's phone, they can be talking to anybody, anybody. There's a, a lawsuit against Omegle where it's talk to strangers is their tagline. Okay. There's no, there's no proof for half of these apps. It says you have to be 13 or over. Well, if I'm 11 or 12, how are you going to know that? I'm just going to change my birthday. It's not that hard. Uh, so those are two really big apps. Of course, Insta and Snap, TikTok, Insta After Dark, Facebook. Uh, you know, everybody thinks Facebook is their mom and dad's social media app. No, there's still plenty of kids on there and predators go after them too. And so it's really the DMS and the chat features that they there's, I, I, I get probably two to three a day and I'm clearly not 14. It's, and I read it to a friend of mine. I said, yeah, it's like, hi, you're cute. You have a nice smile. <laughs> oh, and you've got, you, you're following uh, 900 people. You have two followers and one post. Okay. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this isn't a, a true person, but in an environment where likes, loves, and shares are your social credit, they don't care. I'll follow anybody. I'll have let anybody follow me. Well, that person that you don't know that has that is following 900 people has two followers and done one post. Are you sure that's a real person? So those are really the top and kick kick is a, is one of the top apps as well. There's another app that I tell parents about and it scares them, but they need to know it's called, um, calculator plus and calculator plus you can hide apps behind it and you can hide pictures behind it. So when, you know, parents open up their kid's phone and they see a calculator, it's like, Oh, calculator, calculator plus not a problem. And I invite anyone to go onto their app store and type in any of these apps, type in ask FM, type in Omegle, and then scroll down and see all the other apps that are trying to lure your children in. Is that the main, the main, uh, sort of the front line right now is on the phones. Yeah. I just told my kids the other day, they're not getting gaming consoles, but phones and gaming consoles, laptop, you know, a lot of, you know, kids have been playing the laptop games too, but it's really any, any app, any video game that has a chat feature can put your kid at risk. What were you saying, Darren, about your phone and your kids? Oh, I was just telling my kids the other day, they're not getting phones. 
smart. Till they're like 16, they just think it's outrageous. But I was like, sorry. You got a house yeah, you phone. Can get them a gas I got a house phone? phone just for that fucking reason. There's a house phone there. You can use that. You got an iPad you can use. You don't need a phone. Mm-mm. Well, you can get a gab phone, and it's literally like the senior phones you give to seniors that you dial the numbers. <laughs> and I, that's what I would do. And it's interesting because even the Gen Z, the older Gen Z kids, they're like, I'm not getting my kids' phones until they're 15 or 16 or 17. They're just clear about it. You know, and if you think about it in reality, Darren, a child doesn't, a child does not need an indie workstation at eight. No, my kids are still kids. Yeah. Well, and there's actually been a study done that because we keep shoving these screens in front of our children, it's actually, there's parts in a child's brain that aren't being used and they're dying off. So their critical thinking, their creative ability, all that, uh, you know, all the, imagination it's actually being killed off because of technology what do you what do you mean by shutting off the screens but well if because we keep putting screens in front of our kids faces oh okay okay it's killing off parts of their brain because they're not allowed darren to your point be kids you know, to make mud pies, to do chalk art, to swing on swings and imagine they're flying. All those things we did as children was full of our, our imagination and our creativity. A lot of that's being is because it's not being used. It's dying off. Yeah. Darren's living room is like an art studio for his kids. So he, he's got he's got love that. Doing lots of physical stuff in there. I love well art, music, dance, movement, sports, all of that. You know, it, it, they actually, I read a study yesterday that said uh, teaching your children music will improve their math skills and ability to understand science. And I'm taking vocal lessons and my vocal teachers like, look, music's math. I'm like, well, I'm good at math. Okay. (laughs) You know, so there's, there's so much more to the world and experientially for our children to learn than to play a video game that you know well i was against the video games for a while and then i just finally went out and got an xbox because i'd rather they were playing you know the games i grew up on than than holding the screen a couple inches away from their face and it's hard to compete with that shit these days i mean i had to go out and spend some money you know i i just recently went out and, and dropped like five or six hundred dollars on a foosball table for the basement and, you know, like an air hockey pool table thing because they need in, in winter in Canada, especially it's tough to compete with those screens and you got to kind of, you got to kind of keep that in mind that, you know, it was when we didn't have a choice, but to go and come up with some other shit because we didn't have those screens. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and ice sports, it's, it's (laughs) hard for your, to you know, we'll just say, well, just shut that shit off and go find something to do. But you know, yeah, my dad actually built a, a puppet studio, a puppet theater, and my friends and I would write plays for our little marionettes and our puppets, and you know, the whole creative process of that. And we'd put on shows for our parents and the neighborhood kids, and you know, there's something to stick ball. There's something to, you know, putting on a show and, and all of the creative outlets that our kids are missing. And hats off to you, Darren, for that. I'm very happy my daughter was in between. So 
she really didn't get a phone until 17, 18, 19 in there, you know, because they really wouldn't have them. So she had a slider. <laughs> yeah, some lots of kids have phones at seven, eight years old now. It's just, yeah, it's, um, you're doing, you're not parenting. You're doing your child a disservice and not really setting them up to win in the world. Now, if we're all going to go be cyborgs and be in the matrix, you know, maybe they are setting them up to win. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the less screen time your children have, the better. And the more you time with them, the better. Interesting about, uh, Darren, do you have anything else to add to that? Or no. That? No, you go ahead. Interesting about these apps in Discord, especially with the focus right now on Discord banning. They're doing another round of censorship and banning people for their, you know, hate speech and political views or ideologies. And I mean, are they are they actually looking at this stuff too, or are they just virtue signaling to get rid of people that don't think like them? Because <laughs> that's going to make the world a better place. I just. Uh, I just I mean, I'm going to get off. I mean, I was, we, we kind of left discord, but I, I'm going to get off there myself now. Mm-hmm. They're still on this discord. Next round of- I've been off discord for like, over yeah, I know year. for, it was just for one little group that I, I just told the group yesterday. I'm like, I'm getting off this platform. So we got to go somewhere else. Yep. Um, and- yep. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is out of the 21.7 million child sexual abuse material reports that were sent last year, about 80% of those are from platforms. They are from, you know, technology, which is good. However, uh, the problem is so much bigger than that because it doesn't take into account the dark web, doesn't take into account Pornhub, doesn't take into account uh, individual, you know, you know, websites and who's hosting what. And that, quite frankly, is to me, the the next frontier for us to tackle. You've got Web 3.0 coming. You've got the virtual reality. You've got the quote quote metaverse. You know, it it seems like that the big tech is working very hard to have us become non-human. <laughs> yeah. So it's easier to hurt each other. You know, with when people are using these avatars on on social media and sharing out, you know, creating the little avatar face, and it's not them. Well, pretty soon your brain's going to react that that's not a person. And if you look at video games, my daughter was a huge uh, Destiny player. She's really good, by the way. Um, you know, you, you, you kill people and you, you die, but you, you get to come back. It doesn't happen in the real world like that. When someone shoots you dead, you're dead. Um, and so there's a, for a child's brain development, there's a crossover. There's a reality versus non-reality. And Unfortunately, or fortunately, our brain can't distinguish what they're watching from reality. So, you know, the fear you experience in a thriller and a horror film, you know, when the guy's coming down the hallway with the knife, your brain thinks that's really happening versus you actually watching a film that that's happening. So when you map that over into the metaverse 3.0 animation all of that that vr that kind of world well ready player one starts to come to life i think i'm too high for that to happen sometimes when i'm watching those movies that's (laughs) that's my defense mechanism (laughs) your defense (laughs) 
What? I was just I was just wondering about people that watch horror all the time, and I'm like, does that that really must kind of they must have sort of a perpetual PTSD kind of going on, or they just become numb to it, or uh, yeah, I never you know, really what, liked look, horror movies myself, so yeah, I you know, look, I watched Braveheart, I had nightmares for three weeks. <laughs> I can't do that. I I can't do it. It's like just my brain just takes the imagination and keeps going. Same thing, with, and I loved Bram Stoker's Dracula. I loved that movie because it was a love story, right? I'm a girl, I like love stories. Um, but That's I just sexist. loved the whole story behind it. And my husband at the time would have to be like, okay, covering your eyes. So I wouldn't see that stuff. Cause he knew that I'd have nightmares. <laughs> I haven't seen either of those. Oh dude. Yeah. You should. They're both. I've seen fantastic. bits and pieces of Braveheart back in the day, but I wasn't really paying attention. Maybe I was fooling around with a girl or something. It would have been like Down way the back, we'll way back in the day, because Braveheart was like nineties, right? It was nineties. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was a teenager. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't remember when it came out. All I know is it gave me nightmares. Braveheart, really? Because really? is it yeah, well, is it super gory? Are very realistic and horrific. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't watch horror movies. I mean, I don't really watch much at all, but I don't I don't watch horror movies. So what about books? Books wouldn't have the same effect or I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't re- I don't read no Stephen King and shit because I feel like that would be worse. Like No, I- me neither. Well, again, you, your brain uses imagination. You know, when 50 Shades of Grey was out, all my girlfriends were like, "Jan, you have to read 50." I literally had to move entire sections because I could see where I was going. I'm like, "I can't read that right now." Your girlfriends are freaks. <laughs> I, you know, hey, all right. I bet they're. I'm time. not. I mean, I'm not I, judging. Know, I bet they're. That great. was the most popular thing ever. There at one it was point, huge. I mean, I mean uh, the books were huge, right up there with Twilight, and I never like got an, that. But my daughter read Twilight. I read everything my daughter wrote. Like and an, all the music, all the bands she liked, I put them on. I am dating myself. My iPod. Okay, because I wanted to hear what she was listening to. And it also gave us a great opportunity to bond over things. But yeah, I share yeah. a Spotify that- account with my kids. So mm-hmm. my list is taken over now. If I put on my like top songs from last year, it's like half unlistenable stuff. But <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, we find some uh, something across common ground, some, there, some yeah. common ground. Yeah. And every yeah, once in a while, they'll find a song from know like what they're listening to. So you can have the conversation about it, even if you only listen to it once. It's like, oh, OK, we need to talk about the whole dialogue words in this song. Oh, yeah. No, my my kids are little cowgirls. It is great. Um, I'm blessed. The uh, the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing, that's like an overcorrection for the just lack of masculinity in the world, I think. That's just my opinion. <laughs> but um, it's like, you know, guys like complain about women being undateable. I'm talking 98% of dudes are undateable. You guys are just <laughs> unbelievable. It doesn't really bode well for single women. I've that got buddies. I've got buddies that are great to hang out with. But it's like, dude, I couldn't imagine fucking living with you. You're like an <laughs> overgrown child. So yeah. speaking of uh, children again, um, you were talking about some of the symptoms before we start wrapping up. What are some of the, the main you mean things? The signs? Yeah. What are some of the the main things to look for that to think you might be having your kid might be having trouble or like hiding out in a bedroom or. Yeah. Well, we talked about giving up uh, something they love. Right. But it's also. <sighs> 
dropping grades. We talked about dropping grades. It's they're agitated more easily about benign stuff. So after dinner, you know, this child does the dishes, this child, and you know, this child rinses, this child puts in the dishwasher. And all of a sudden there's higher levels of agitation than before. There's normal sibling stuff, but it's higher levels. And, and because they feel trapped and they can't get angry at their exploiter or the predator or the trafficker because this trafficker has threatened to harm their friends or their family. So there's this weight of the world in this child. Um, so that's, you know, at home, at school, one of the things we work with kids about is uh, I, I have a funny feeling, um, you know, when I describe this person, you're going to have that person come to mind in high school, their energy was so big. You knew they were coming down the hallway before they even rounded the corner. Right. People just knew they were coming. There was lots of chatter around them, whatever. And I said, imagine that person's like that on Friday. And then Monday they come in quiet, demure, sullen, head down, hands in the pocket, not engaging in anything. That's a marked change in behavior. And then I asked the kids, what would you do? Right. How would you approach them? What would you say to them? You can't not pay attention to that because it's that obvious. So it's that kind of changes in behaviors out in the world. Um, back to that trust your gut thing. If you remember at the very beginning of this conversation, I shared with what got me into this is it just didn't feel right. And I tell people all the time, trust your gut. If you're at a convenience store and you're picking up your coffee and you know, there's a, a teenage girl off to the side, not dressed properly, not um, alone, right? There, it, it's evident that something's off. Well, I tell people to call the hotline, and Canada actually has a human trafficking hotline number. Would you like to know what that is? Yeah, you should give the U.S. one, too, though, because we're like 75% uh, U.S. listeners. I'll give both. So the U.S. hotline is 888-3737-888. I'll do it again. The way I say it's weird, but if you put it in your phone that way, it works. It's 888-3737-888. Eight. You can call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They have access to multiple languages. And it's 100% anonymous. And all there is for you to say is the first question they'll ask you is, are you okay? Are you safe? And you're going to say yes. I'm at you know the corner of A and B at XYZ convenience store. And you know there's a little girl standing outside. She swears she's fine and she's going to be picked up. But it's 40 degrees and she's dressed in a short skirt, a tank top, and a sweater with no coat and no backpack, right? There's something off. So, you know, you want to describe what you see. And if you want to stay until the police show up, you can do that. If you want to go, go. But the point is, is you took an action. You, you actually picked the phone and took an action. The Canadian hotline is 833-900-1010. I'll say it again. It's 833-900-1010. And And those will be in the show notes, too. Yep. And those two are both 
on, uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, uh, you know, I think the thing I really want to leave people with is you now have some facts, okay, to share with your friends and family. So uh, do that. Share that. Say I was listening to Graham America and Graham America. And uh, <laughs> makes me feel like I'm in South Dakota or something. Anyway, listen to Graham America and they were talking about human trafficking. And, you know, did you know the average age of grooming and recruitment online is 10 years old? You know, like that's a fact to share and people can go no way and you can go away and then you can go look it up. Right. So we want people to share what they've learned tonight. We want people to have the con- the uncomfortable conversations. You got to be comfortable with uncomfortable. Sorry, not sorry, but our children's lives are at stake. And lastly, take an action. If you see something that's off, trust your gut and call those numbers because lives are literally at stake. And there's not one survivor that I've worked with that's ever said, uh, you know, yeah, no, I wish someone didn't call. No. Right. You know, they sometimes they one, they don't self-identify. They don't even know that they're victims because they've been so convinced that they chose this again, who chooses to be raped 10 to 15 times a night. They're so convinced they choose that. And that's their boyfriend. They might not even know. Right. But if you see someone taking a swing at somebody and it's in the middle of the afternoon and they're dressed inappropriately, you can see the bruises or what you pick up the phone and you make that call. You can save someone's life. It's time for us to take action as opposed to standing around and being bystanders and videotaping crap like they did in the subways. Just don't do that. Got to stop the action. And make you want to mention the life. Paving the Way Foundation, too, and some of the education tools you have there. Absolutely. So our website's pavingthewayfoundation.org. You can go under programs. There's a parent toolkit. There's the teen tech talk where it's got the apps that you had asked about, Darren, for them to look at and the tactics that recruiters use. We've got a couple of things you can download for the signs of human trafficking, both in English and Spanish. And there's links to our YouTube page, YouTube channel, where we, because we do a tech talk every single month, and we have new people every month talking about how to talk to your kids about this. How can people actually watch the movie Trapped in the Trade? They have to pick up the phone and call me and set up a training. Okay. Yeah, the film does not have a happy ending, and it leaves people uncomfortable, and then they're left in this space of now what? And so our whole training answers that question now okay 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we're you know i'm writing i just finished writing the sequel to it i've got my law enforcement friends looking over the law enforcement part because it's a much longer film it'll be a 75 minute film i will say this one does have a happy ending it's got some twists and some turns and i'm looking forward to uh getting that film funded and shot later this summer so So they can just when do you think that'll come out yeah, and the goal for that is to, I would love it to be in theaters, and if not in theaters, then on streaming service. Okay. What were you going to say, Darren? So they'll just go to your website, and there's a phone number there? hmm Yeah. You okay. can email me. Oh, yeah, okay, great. I was going to say, yeah, don't, don't give out your phone number me. on the show. That. Yeah, that, no, no, uh, no. Yeah, no, I don't like, but only uh, people I do business with have We were just talking about today <laughs> how, uh, how a few... Uh, few years ago we had posted some pictures around the studio and uh posted and the studio was at my house in my garage and uh our listener was uh was 
cute enough to to guess my address and private message it to me. So wow, <laughs> but that's a really good. That's an, a really appropriate point for this, right? It I mean, is. If they're sending pics, that that gives away the location too. Sometimes, right? It sure does. Yeah, kids. We tell kids to turn off their geolocator all the time. There's, I don't, my, I don't have my geo. No one knows where I am unless I want you to know where I am. Um, and and you can you can go into your. I don't know what what platform you're using, but for iPhones, you can go in and individually choose no geolocator unless I'm using it or no geolocator at all. Well, yeah, I'm pretty careful now. I'm for, I've I've since moved. Uh-huh. I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I make sure before I post a picture that it's I'm I'm in a pretty like uh, you know I'm in like suburbia now so it'd be pretty hard to locate me from the pictures but before I had well, some like know, real you know, landmarks. But you know what's interesting, Darren, is there are people out there called super recognizers, and my friends with the National um, Child Protection Task Force employ several of those, and they can literally recognize if there's just like it's just this part of my face or just the ear and maybe the the jawline they can go through pictures and pick that person out and then they can get it down even more narrow as to where they are um so it's the the technology the ai technology is fascinating and frightening all at the same time and people wonder why i have guns this is running i gotta get my daughters out to the range again Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You want them prepared. I'm all about our Second Amendment. I don't have wow, a Second Amendment, great. so... Um, no, I know you don't. I do have a bunch of guns, though. Good. Um, I won't say how many, because that's private. But I do I do only I only have two handguns. I do I don't mind saying how many handguns I have, because we have to register those here anyway. I was actually just at the range today, so I have to, like, double lock it and put it in a box and... Mm-hmm. I can only go straight to the range and straight back. And if I get caught at the grocery store picking up milk, then uh, I don't know what they do. I don't think they fuck with me too much, really, honestly. I've never got, I've never had a problem. People told me I'd get pulled over, or when I did get pulled over, they'd bring it up, but it's never come up. It's yeah. never come up. So yeah. hopefully that, that keeps happening. We'll get Graham out shooting soon. He's a bow and arrow guy, but you know. We'll straight. I love bow and arrow. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, it is. It's a fun. It's a fun hobby. Mm-hmm. It's a fun hobby. But let's be honest: if someone kicks in your door to uh, rape you in the middle of the night, Graham, your bow and arrow. I got time for two. I could do two. <laughs> He's two, like Tony quick, Hawk. One quick one, and then you know maybe like fumbling around for the second arrow. But you know, I've seen you shoot though. That wasn't size. It wasn't fitting me properly. Oh, that you're much better now. I've, I have it refitted. Yeah, I had to get order new parts and everything, dude. It's so, uh, Jenna, you're on social media, anything like that where listeners can I follow am. you? We are on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Our hashtag is at or whatever our moniker is at Paving W. And on LinkedIn, it's Paving the Way Foundation. Right on. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back on sometime, maybe when the next movie comes out. Yeah. Yeah, let us know when that when your sequel comes out. Don't forget I, us about sure. us I when will. you're famous. And uh, yeah, this has been uh, well. It hasn't been real fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what it was about. I kind of come in blind. So Graham told me right before, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but you know, it's it's important. You know, yeah. and 
it can't uh, it can't be just fun and games all the time. So no, well, you know, the other thing too is you have to bring some light to the dark. Otherwise, it just gets too intense for people. Like when we show the film, I have the kids look for the bystanders and have them think about what actions they would take because otherwise their brain would be so fixated on the thing, right? So it's, it, it's good to bring levity and fun and some humor to a dark topic because that gives our brain space to be with it. It's also important advice all around to be present with your fa- family and to be having those difficult conversations and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, you know, look, we have no idea what our kids are dealing with. We have none. They don't know what people are dealing with, period. You know, it's having a dialogue with my housemate earlier. Is, you know, just as it, it felt like COVID was sneaking out the door. <laughs> and shoved out of the way in Russia. Yeah. You know, so our, our cortisol levels, our adrenal glands, all the hormonally things, you know, we're now right back up again. So, you know, our bodies aren't designed to deal with that level of stress over long periods of time. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of an upset waiting to happen. So to bring, you know, some peace and some compassion and some love and understanding to wherever you are in whatever conversation you are makes a huge difference. That's right. right. Thanks. Well said. Thanks again, Jan. We hope you have a uh, a wonderful March, and uh, can't wait for the next movie. Thanks. Me too. Okay. Bye bye. And that was our chat with uh, Jan Edwards. What'd you think, buddy? That was pretty heavy. It was pretty heavy. Yeah. I, I mean, it must be just fascinating for her. I know she, you know, we can't get into the details of Pizzagate and stuff like that, but for her to start up this organization and have all that be thrown down, Q and Pizzagate and the world, you know, the, the cabal is trafficking children. And I, I mean, it, yeah, it's good chance that's going to derail your your agenda to help people, you know, but but there's a reason why that all that stuff came out, you know, so that was from uh, Podesta's perv emails, wasn't it? Well, I mean, dude, it was way deeper than that. Yeah, it's pretty intense uh, conspiracy. A lot of Indeed. a lot of a lot of real stuff behind it too. I mean, it, it's we should do a show on it one day. We'll do an outlawed show on it one day. All right, outlawed. That's a good yeah. outlawed. Show. All right. Yeah. Well, big thanks to Jan for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're. Uh, one of the one or two percent that choose to support the uh, the great work over here, a magnum opus. Maybe it is. I think it is. I mean, it's like five or six hundred episodes. We'll probably hit maybe a thousand or two episodes on this motherfucker. Uh, maybe our greatest achievement. I hope not. Uh, Grandmaker.ca slash support. Anyway, if you think what we're doing here is valuable at all, uh, head over there today. Sign up for monthly. Make t- one time donation. If you think what we're doing is not valuable, spam Graham. Tell them we're idiots. Graham at com, or send them your trip reports or your sightings, feedback, whatever. Send them whatever. He don't care. He's not picky. Uh, you can review the show on iTunes. You can fight back against the one-star brigade. Actually, it's not too bad. We get beat up from time to time. We got uh, in trouble the other day for not talking about the truckers or bootlickers or about the most important thing and whatever the fuck. So. What do you mean we put out? A, what do you mean that we, that we I, talk? We talk I, about it all the time. I don't know. 
We're going to just repeat ourselves on every episode? I I mean, didn't we talk about it? We did a separate YouTube thing on it and everything. I I thought we did, yeah. I thought we did just fine. And we don't even do videos. And we did us. We don't even do videos. And we did a video on it. And we can't just do shows on the fucking truckers all the time. And if you're worried we're not talking about something enough, maybe check out Instagram or Twitter. And see what we're blipping off about on there because we can't oh, just do podcasts on the truckers yeah. all the time. So maybe Darren's tweeting at every fucking senator in the country all day. Uh, That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, we can't just keep talking about the same old thing on here because it's not that type of show. We're not a current event show. We like to talk about it every now and again. And sometimes we use Outlawed for that platform. So That's right. We're, that's again, we're not a current event show. We don't know what kind of show we are. But we're a show <laughs> for America.ca slash support. Keep our show going. Keep our show growing. Check out adultbrain.ca if you want to check out some of the audio books we've been doing over there. I think there's uh, 49 of them will be available probably by the end of the week or by the end of next week for sure. And join the chats. Go to America.ca slash chats. Get on a trip. Contact at thecabin.com. Magic on the Mountain was a resounding success, and we'll be going back. We're actually we're not going back to the same spot. We're going to Mount Shasta in next February. Utah, a couple spots popped up for Utah. Check that out. Contractthecabin.com. Get on a trip. I think that's about it. We love you, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. I sat on the Could see it all. Trickery was afoot, and evil was at its root. The people were scattered plots, not many could connect the dots. Some people stood tall, in spite of their righteous voices made small. down your phone your souls turn to stone the rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism created this prison I'm shocked and appalled at the technocracy's gone pulling strings of marionettes Setting traps in cybernets Infinite scroll as addictive as cigarettes Cat videos for freedom of the press People that stand tall In spite of our righteous voices made small Put down your phone Your souls turn The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism, created this prison. Double click on install. Rome's about to fall. This hard drive is corrupted, and our minds have been abducted by a silicon dream so seductive. When yelling at bots becomes unproductive People, we need to stand tall
spite of our righteous voices made small. Put down your phone, your souls turn to stone. The rhythm of the algorithm has driven a schism, created this prison. This prison.